Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode This episode is all about cherishing your clients. How can you find lovely ways to make your clients feel cherished and adored? Why it's important, how different sizes of businesses go about that, what works, what maybe doesn't, what we think is really important to bear in mind at the heart of this whole process of cherishing and some of the ways we might inadvertently not do that. It's a fairly rambling, wide-ranging conversation and it was a little bit stop-start because we uh, discovered that Fee didn't have her soundproofing equipment up halfway through. So if there's a little sort of musical segue halfway through, that's why, while we reset everything. But hopefully it's still worth a listen and do let us know how you get on. Hello and a very warm welcome to another episode of Style and Substance. Hello, it's so great to be here. So good to be back. So today we are talking about cherishing your clients and before we get on to why we're doing that and what inspired that, probably would be a really good opportunity first to say a massive thank you to those of you that have supported us in this new podcast venture and those of you that have emailed us and said how much you've enjoyed it but we particularly wanted to say a big thank you to Tanya Bentley, Sarah Layton at Growthfully, Sue Nuttall, Claire Yarwood-White and Jilly Galore who have left gorgeous reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, it means so much to us. This is Completely new, isn't it, for us? Mm, yeah, and it's really lovely, A, to know that there's people listening. I think we've got, I don't know how many thousand listeners now, but a few, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and I got a lovely email this morning as well from Jenny just to say, oh, it's amazing. I'm loving the podcast. You and Fiona are brilliant together. And it's just like having two buddies on a walk with me. And, you know, it's the perfect antidote to the humdrum and all of that. And so that was just really lovely to get just before we came on. So thank yes, you, Jenny. Yes, so nice. Thank you, Jenny. And um, my client yesterday, Pippa, said every week she sits down, pops her earbuds in, lights a candle and just, I know, so nice. So thank you. Thank you very much. So cherishing your clients, we're excited for. We are here for it, aren't we, today? Definitely. And um, this really was inspired by an experience that I had at Fortnum & Mason Ice Cream Parlour last year have you ever been oh yes love it yeah it's so cool isn't it so I take the kids every year and and one of the things that really struck me this time we went was how they've created this very simple but hugely effective loyalty scheme Mm. so 
you can they have pre-made Sundays it's all very lovely and glamorous and if you're ever in London with kids I would really recommend it but you can also build your own Sunday and when you do that you kind of you buy the ice cream by the scoop and you buy the toppings and once you've done that once they then give you a badge to say that you're in the Fortnum's ice cream parlor club Mm. and every time you go back if you're wearing the badge you get free toppings and I just thought it was a really simple, really inspiring way to really create some loyalty around their business, thank their clients, and also just make people feel really special. Mm, It's great for the kids, isn't it? Yeah, so nice. And, you know, if I ever mention that we're going to London and we might go to Fortnum, as Poppy's like, I'm going to put the badge in my bag. And, And then that's really clever, isn't it? Because then obviously we are going because (laughs) the badge is in her bag and it doesn't it's not very complicated to run there's no crazy ass software it's just a badge and it doesn't really save me that much money toppings are 50p so Mm -hmm. it's not like they are hugely eating into their profit margins but it just I just think it's a really lovely experience and it really got me thinking about what simple things can I do to make people feel part of something to thank them for their loyalty Mm. and and just make people feel really special yeah yeah because it is the feeling that's important isn't it we were talking before off air about loyalty schemes and they are a great idea um, but some of them really work and some of them really don't. And it's sort of getting getting under the skin of why is that? So, you know, I've got a Tesco's loyalty card. I've got a Sainsbury's loyalty card. I've got a Waitrose loyalty card. But I don't feel any particular loyalty to those supermarkets because of being part of that club. Yeah, it saves me a bit of money, but I will shop wherever's most convenient or whatever. Mm. Um, and, you know, we were saying about the Waitrose thing is, they don't act, they're not actually rewarding my loyalty. They're trying to upsell a load of stuff sometimes because they're not curating what they're offering me based on what I'm buying. Mm. They're just, you know, it's just mm. point of the card. I think Waitrose do curate based on what you're buying, but they they don't necessarily offer you discounts on what you want, if that makes mm. sense. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'll always get a voucher for butter, but it's not very exciting. <laughs> not very exciting. No, no. And actually on that, thinking about supermarkets, I mean, I think the thing with supermarkets is is a lot of them, a lot of us, I think, buy based on which, which supermarket chimes with our values, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think... For me, Waitrose pre-pandemic, they did some amazing things, didn't they? With the free coffee and the, you know, they have that lovely newspaper that comes out every week and they have a lovely mm. magazine that comes out every month. And for me, I'm a, I'm very loyal to Waitrose, but you're right. The Waitrose card, it, get, it used to get me a free coffee, but it now gets me a free magazine. Mm. That's the only real upside. You're right. I don't feel necessarily like I'm being personally thanked for my loyalty mm. but interestingly Ocado who I have sh- shopped with online for since Jasper was born 
every year they send me a £10 voucher on the anniversary of my shopping with them. Oh. Um, yeah, it's really nice for wine and chocolates. Ooh, lovely. I know, which I think is a really nice thing to do. I mean, obviously, if you're teetotal and you don't eat chocolate, you've got an issue. But, <laughs> but that doesn't count for either of us. <laughs> no, no. I think it's a really nice touch. I mean, geez, I must spend thousands with them a year. So £10 in the grand scheme of things is is not a great, whacking great discount. But I think it's that thing of it being the thought and the recognition that matters and that it's personal Mm. you know because it's about this personal feeling of connection you're wanting to bring and I think quite often and maybe maybe it's different for bigger businesses and for some for some smaller businesses as well you know rewarding clients you know giving them discounts or putting something in the mail as a thank you or whatever when it becomes just a box ticking, I'm just doing this for everybody, the energy behind that and the personalization of it and therefore the feeling that gets received on the other end isn't the same as if you've really thought about something and made it personal and made it bespoke and just, you know, harder in a much bigger scaling business because it's harder to keep track of those things. But doing it on an anniversary of when you signed up is personal and it's lovely. Yeah, it is. And and the other thing that you've just reminded me that they did last year was we got this email through saying you are the top purchaser of dog misfits, uh, dog treats <laughs> in your local area. And the, they had this lovely graphic and um, the kids really engaged with it. They really wow. liked it. I mean, I guess the thing is supermarkets have entire departments of people working on this day to day they've Mm. got huge budgets to bring in customer relationship experts and Mm. do some really innovative stuff with big agencies so Mm. you know these are things that work if you have gazillions of pounds but obviously today is all about what we can be doing as small businesses isn't it yeah, yeah, and I think there's loads of opportunity to cherish your clients at all of the t- touch points through the entire customer journey, isn't there? Yeah, totally. So what what would you start with? Well, I think if you're thinking about that customer journey, you're thinking about how do you how do you welcome people on board or even before that actually, what's the experience they get obviously of your brand? Mm. Is it delightful? Is it quirky? Is it surprising? Is there something in there that's going to make them go, oh, that's interesting. But once they've once they sort of got in the door, um, how do you welcome them? What opportunities have you got for really creating that personal connection very quickly, setting really good expectations and really good boundaries because they're necessary? But what what is it that you can treat them with that's appropriate to your offering or your service that makes them feel like oh this was a really good idea doing this was a really good idea and I think one of the facets of that is when it's a surprise it's really lovely when our clients work with us on a day they might get something I mean I can't give too much away but but, you know something that they're not expecting that's personalized that says I'm really glad to be working with you. You know, thank you for taking a punt on me. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a great... And, and it doesn't have to be... It doesn't actually have to be a lot of money, but it has to be very thoughtful. Yeah, 
And I think that's the key. We don't have to splash out on massive welcome boxes, although that's great as well. Mm. But something that is thoughtful and is personalised and just says, we're starting a journey here. We're doing something together. Mm. And I think there's loads of opportunities for doing that. And that can, you know, it can be as simple as an email. But if I, I always like to bring things into tangible form, and I know you do too. You know, it's like, how, how can you make it a visceral experience? Because people won't remember, what's that quote? People will remember, won't remember how, what you say to them, but they will remember how you make them feel. And I think yeah. it's, it's being very intentional about what's the feeling you want to create in this partnership or in this relationship with somebody, because it is a relationship. And when we think about the sustainability of our business, that relationship should be one that builds and develops over time and creates loyalty and creates recommendations and takes the hard work out of marketing your business. Because if you've delighted someone with their, your experience, their experience of your business, they're going to recommend and refer a lot of people to you. But also, not just doing it for the sake of that and it becoming box ticking, it also makes you feel really good, doesn't it? When you can be generous or when you can be you know, really connect to another human being, it lifts the energy and the vibration and the inspiration of your business at your end and makes the whole thing much more positive. Yeah. And I think it's like you say, it's not necessarily about being generous and and sort of gifting these lavish welcome boxes. It might just be a case of saying, thank you so much for booking this course or booking this day, you know, if if it's genuine. Yeah. One thing that does make me think of is is the basic fundamental human need of being seen, heard and valued. So yes, saying thank you is really important and really relevant. And also, there are opportunities to help people feel heard and seen. So, so even just asking the question at the outset of any partnership of what's really important to you about us working together? Yeah, that's what nice. do you want to get from it? Um, and how can we work together to make sure that that really happens shows that you care about what matters to your clients, whatever that is. So even if you're a product based business, actually eliciting feedback from a client, not necessarily fishing for good reviews, although you'll get those mm. likely, but genuinely asking them, how can we make this experience better for you? What's going to really make it work? And then crucially paying attention to that and acting on it. I think that is a process of delighting because quite often we can make assumptions, I think, about how people want things to go. And you can just ask. But I almost wonder if more fundamentally than that, if you're if you're clear on how you want to do business and and you know that it works and you know you can deliver a high level of service or product for your client by doing that, Mm. actually, I wonder whether you, you know, we're going to talk about some some lovely things you can do to delight your clients, but ultimately, I think it starts with delivering what you promised. So, being very Absolutely. clear about what you're delivering, um, how you're going to do it, what your clients can expect from you, bringing mm. people really safely on board, having a process within your business where you know that you can consistently deliver excellence. Yeah. So, I can't, I'm not sure how much I agree that we need to be asking our clients what they want from us because I feel that it's not necessarily, certainly in my world, 
I want the designer to bring their flair mm. and deliver something incredible for the client. I don't I don't necessarily want an input on how they do that. I, I just want the end result. Yeah, no, absolutely. I get that. I suppose it was more around a slightly more big picture level than that, rather than asking, you know, I wouldn't recommend changing your process no. unless there's something really wrong with your process. But you yeah. find that out at the end when you elicit genuine feedback for how has this gone for you? And then yeah. you look at a lot of feedback over time and you might make tweaks. So, no, I'm not advocating the... How do, how do you want this business to work together? Because they come to you because you probably have a tried and tested process and a way of doing things that is recommendable. But more, it's like, is there something about the way, the way I can be with you or the attitude or the, you know, e even just asking them how will they know that you've done a good job for them and just taking that into account rather than abandoning all of your I suppose that's what I'm saying rather than abandoning your process or, or putting it too much in their driving seat because you're right actually that can undermine client confidence if you if you pitch mm. it badly because they think well hang on don't you know what you're doing like mm. what's that about so I suppose it's about the way that you ask it and more about you know even if it's just a question of how do you want to feel working together you know if you're in a service-based business how do you want to feel how do you want this to go and that can be really useful information I wonder if that's something that feels like it's more in a coaching relationship than somewhere where you're delivering a, a well product or a service yeah I think it definitely applies more to those businesses where you're basically trading on your rapport mm. any service-based business where you're one-to-one -one and what the impact of what you do is reliant on the relationship in those cases it's absolutely crucial um, and I think you can't do it without but yeah it's definitely more relevant for those businesses I think okay so we've talked a little bit about loyalty schemes about what you might do what you might consider when you're getting your clients safely on board and importantly as you said the real um, piece of cherishing your clients is actually delivering what you say you're going mm. to but if we come back to some of those other ways to make people really feel um, special really feel cherished really be seen um, and heard and valued which is kind of where we, we left off because I know you, you've actually had a few experiences recently of that happening haven't you mm, yeah three things that have made you feel really cherished yeah and it it can be as really simple as you know I do lots of work at Beaverbrook um, I take my clients there often and there's one guy called Vernon who's in the Japanese restaurant who always says hi Fiona so he remembers my name and he always remembers my coffee order and it's you know little things like that they don't cost any money but it's about feeling seen and, and having your loyalty recognised, isn't it? No one's asking for a red carpet to be rolled out. <laughs> and it's the same when I go to the Grove, actually, because I often go there early in the morning and their lounges, which I tend to work in with my clients, aren't open. Yeah. You know, as in the catering element of that. Is yeah, open. yeah. We'll go and sit in there. So I'll go and order my coffee from the bar mm. and that knows me well goes oh, shall I bring it into the lounge for you? Yeah, exactly. Because the hotel's not providing that service as standard because the lounge is closed, but they know that that's where I'm comfortable and they know I'll spend the whole day there. Yeah. Um, and that's really lovely. And actually, they've got this brilliant system, just thinking about systems and processes that make things work, where they now have this 
moving tab. So if you move around the hotel, yeah. they yeah, yeah. refer your tab to your table and then you just pay on the smartphone. Yeah. I, I mean, I almost feel like that's a hygiene factor if that's not sorted out. Yeah. You know, like it, that's just a ball ache, isn't it, to have... Yeah, exactly. And I think actually on that hygiene factors, from what you were saying before about making sure you deliver on what you promise for your clients, these aspects of cherishing and going over and above can feel discordant if you really mm. put your hygiene factors in place. Yeah. Because it can sort of feel a bit like an apology for an, you know, for an yeah, yeah. service. So all of those standard things of delivering on time and meeting expectations really have to be in place before you mm. start thinking about this stuff, yeah. thing, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And... I know you've had a really nice experience at the at the sort of other end, haven't you? When stuff gets delivered to you. Yeah. You know, how do we cherish those moments? How do we make those things really special? Yeah. And I think with all of this, it's all about intention, isn't it? So again, if you look at any of the big retailers, so people maybe like Bowdoin or Naked Wines, they very often team up with like-minded companies and and you'll get like an envelope full of discount vouchers in your box. I am sure from a commercial perspective that works and, and from a sales perspective it works. It doesn't really make me feel cherished. It's certainly not an annoyance. I don't mind it, but it's not it's not really part of feeling special. However, I'm a massive fan of Wise London, who are a clothing brand. And they are still, as far as I understand, founder owned. Mm -hmm. Um, They've grown really, really fast over the last couple of years. And she does some amazing stuff on Instagram, actually, just really understanding her wise women and who she's talking to and what they want. And she cuts her clothes beautifully and she's not sizest. It's it's a brilliant company. But I ordered a few things before Christmas. And they'd partnered up with a skincare brand called Balance Me. And um, they sent this lovely fabric pouch with three skincare samples in and a nice note saying, you know, we hope this is a nice treat for you. And I just thought, what a nice idea. It really felt like a treat. Mm, and, and actually collaborations is a really great way to spread the love and, and to support other businesses and to add value to your own, isn't it? Yeah, totally. When I launched, the, I did a lovely collaboration with Pure Thoughts Candles and they were so lovely. And it, it was just a way of broadening, you know, broadening the experience, making it really sensory. Because I think that's one of the other things that is lovely is to cross the senses in these things. Because... A lot of our marketing and a lot of our touch points are online so much, aren't they? Mm. Me just interfacing in that way, as much as, you know, there's great reels and you can do videos and you can do audios and, you know, you can use wonderful photography and imagery. For me, there's nothing quite like bringing it into the sensory experience, is there? Yeah, yeah. And I know you you have done and continue to do loads of this stuff, don't you, with your lovely things in the mail and, and various other... yeah. At the moment, I'm just mapping out um, what I do for the Elevate boxes because they need to go out. So I'm just sending all that stuff to print. And again, I've collaborated with some lovely people. So I've got, 
I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I've got some lovely, lovely things going in and quite different things actually to before. Yeah, I'm also looking at just doing some old school print, Mm. actually communicating with people. It won't take away from the email newsletters that I do every week, but I was thinking that exact same thing of actually it's just nice to get something in the mail and it has a much stronger cut through but again I think the intention needs to be right so you will get a better response if you post something you know posting a catalogue often gets better engagement it might not drive a specific sale Mm. but it's it warms people up it it cuts through so much more than an email Mm. announcing a new range of products Mm. obviously it costs a lot more as well and you need to do the two side by side I think what we're talking about here is cherishing your clients, making them feel special, thanking them, rewarding their loyalty, noticing their loyalty as well. So it's it's about that intention, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you can do that at every stage. You know, there's no harm in mapping out your your customer journey, the end-to-end piece and going, okay, well, at these touch points what can I do to add something that has a bit more meaning or particularly if you're working with clients over a long period of time, like I do or other sort of coaches or service-based businesses, it's looking at, you know, looking back at all of your old clients or going through your list and, and thinking, well, when did they last hear from me personally? You know, how can I make them feel really seen? I can't remember who mentioned it earlier in this or in another podcast, but I don't post on social media very much, but I will very actively go into the Instagram accounts of my clients. Yeah. They've been up to, to add encouragement because people want engagement and they want encouragement and it's genuine. And and hopefully that just lets people know that you're thinking about them and to have that feeling that someone is thinking about you and someone has actually taken the time in their day to reach out and do that I mean you know the feeling we get when someone emails us and says oh my god great podcast or really love that workshop or yeah just it really says that you matter yeah it doesn't have to be big bells and whistles feet I have to say you know you you were so lovely after we've been working on color color for psychology for so long and I I came home to a beautiful box of real treaty skincare completely out of the blue as a thank you which she pays me for her work so she doesn't <laughs> it was really lovely especially if she knows that I never pay any attention to my skincare and I never do anything <laughs> and so to get this lovely box of wonderful cherishing things I was just like oh my goodness you know that is just it wasn't just that it was a gift it was that it was unexpected but also that it was really thoughtful but just going back to what you were saying about the Instagram thing, you reminded me, one of the things I saw at the start of the year, there's this lovely guy, Jason Faulkner, who runs a card company. And um, he's come on quite a lot of my online seminars over lockdown. And then he came back to one of the brunches, I think the first brunch I did, and it was lovely to meet him. And he put something on Instagram at the start of the year, saying that his New Year's resolution was to post a card to someone every week wow. and that really inspired me because if we link that back into what you're saying about going through your longer term clients mm. 
there's a lot of value in you showing up and commenting on one of their blog posts or one of their Instagram posts but actually how lovely to get a postcard yes yeah so without giving the game away yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. inspired by that (laughs) oh and I always remember those days from your early the studio days I used to love getting stuff in the mail yeah yeah because they were yeah. always really, and, and in those days, obviously working in print, you had it absolutely nailed. But the, the little packs that we used to get and the samples and the inspiring ideas and the postcards and, the, you know, it was really, it was just a real boost and a real lift. And I think we've yeah. lost some of that because we've gone so virtual and so convenient that, yeah, it'd be really nice. We've to- lost loads. I mean, do you remember, I used to just phone people mm-hmm. and catch up with them and actually... I'd almost always get an order out of it as well. Yeah, but you're doing it with that intention. Well, to be fair, I probably was. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but but it would always be a chat, and I would always be focused on adding value and what are you up to, and you know, then it would just turn into oh, actually, I've got an exhibition coming up, and I need some leaflets, or actually, we're launching this, and we need a design. I don't know that I would do that now. I just don't have a business where I we're in a phone kind of, what's the word? It's, it's just, it's not that kind of setup, is it? I don't give out my phone number lightly. <laughs> no. So it wouldn't be appropriate. I have sent emails to people one-to-one. And interestingly, that gets a patchy response. And I don't know whether that's partly because they're going into spam mm-hmm. Partly, maybe they come from my email rather than through my marketing program. But I wonder whether lots of people get those kind of emails and they feel a bit fishingy rather than than genuine. Genuine, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are genuinely meant genuinely with intent. But yeah, it's interesting. So, where does that leave me? That leaves me thinking about maybe on a slightly different tangent. You know, we talked about rewarding people for their loyalty. I also think it's really important to be careful not to punish people inadvertently for their loyalty. Yes. So one of the really um, things I'm very conscious about when I'm building strategy, commercial strategy, sales strategy, ongoing sustainable marketing strategy with my clients is that it can be really easy to forget that the people who subscribe to your list, the early adopters that it's important to make them feel cherished. So if they see an offer coming out on social media before they've heard about it, that has a completely different impact from if you're mailing the list and giving them preferential treatment because they've shown their loyalty to you. And I think that's that's kind of a fundamental that most people are properly, probably on top of. Mm. But I think what some people forget is that when you come out of the gates, for example, with a new product or a new offering, you can offer a, a whacking great discount. Mm great and then those people who buy early if you're then selling the same product later for even more of a discount Mm. they get punished for buying early well and also commercially it's complete what what that teaches your list to do is to wait (laughs) hold off which is not great commercially yeah exactly so it does make sense when you're particularly if you're doing sort of sales or promotions or launches to think about the long-term arc of a product Mm -hmm. or service and what the ongoing 
discounts, bundles, promotions, or whatever are going to be on that, so that you do reward those people who are the early adopters. Mm. And so that that becomes just known in the culture of your business, because it's a a very easy mistake to make. If we don't get track of that stuff, we suddenly get a panic or Black Friday comes along and we go, oh, right, let's reduce everything by 50%. Mm. And you've forgotten. And it's not, I mean, people aren't necessarily watching your business and noticing, but... But they might. They might. And the potential cost of that, I think, is too high not Mm. to give that some kind of consideration. So that's just sort of thinking about the flip side of that. Do you think there's any other hygiene factors like that? Because I think price is a definite, definite hygiene factor. Yeah, I think price, I think the timing when people get to hear about things, like being the first to know. Yeah. Some people feel quite special. Um, Also you know like sites like patreon and places do this really well it's like you can have you reward people for being on the inside with more knowledge or more information mm-hmm. more than other more access yeah, more access yeah so, you know people reading the newsletter might be you know more personal or more anecdotal or more juicy than what you put on the blog or, or vice versa i don't know um it yeah. depends on what the purpose of those things is for you i guess Uh, And loyalty also doesn't have to necessarily mean the people who spend the most, particularly if you're looking about running a sustainable business. I have a lot of people that are really valuable to my business that don't buy a lot directly from me, but they refer a lot of people. That is a really good point, isn't it? Because if you think about that, I would fall into that camp with a lot of people, actually. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of recommending and I don't expect anything in return. I love that point about differentiating things like access or or speed at which people get things. What I'm really interested in this year right now is properly personalising. And I think lots of us have businesses that are small enough in terms of client size Mm. to be able to do this actually quite manually so you know things like email newsletters they're amazing and and I so want to do a podcast on email because I mean mine has just changed exponentially hasn't it since I moved to Flowdesk it's still quite a blunt tool it's still you know it's not massively personal I know you can make it personal but I I, I'm really interested in in actually looking at the specifics like you say it's not just who spends the most money it might be who recommends me it might be who's bought every single one of my seminars and maybe added together they don't add up as much as investing in elevate or investing in color psychology for brand designers so if I only looked at spend I would be missing a whole chunk of people that have bought every single product Mm. apart from the big chunky ones that I've ever you know and and thinking about well how can I say thank you to those people and going back to that Mm. Ocado anecdote you know is it about saying thank you you bought the most seminars this year or you know you every month you learn something and I hope you enjoyed it yeah and I think one of the ways that you're quite good at and I'm, I'm keen to explore how we can make this even more personal is you'll always look at, you know, the, the people who've been engaged in things and 
the problems and the challenges that your clients or potential clients are having. And then that's where the inspiration comes from for new products or new services or whatever. Yeah, what do they need? Yeah, and and it's always driven from that, which in a way you understand that personal connection. But what I'm curious about is how then do we translate that to, to them almost to the point of, uh, I don't know whether we would do this, but this seminar on um, different ways to blah de blah your business. And actually, um, Rosetta from Scarborough, this was inspired <laughs> by you. And I've, I've yeah. this with you in mind for you. And here it is for free. Yeah. You know, something that, that way of maybe joining those two things up. Because I think you're right, it is the personal piece. I mean, I love ordering stationery from Full Stop, my accountants, because yeah. everyone will always put a handwritten note in there, yeah. um, and which is lovely. And she'll always choose a piece of stationery that, I mean, whether she actually actively does this or not, but she'll, she'll often put a freebie gift in there, and it's exactly what I need. Oh, that's very clever. Which is really lovely, and I, and I think it's... You know, I think it's genuine and it doesn't have to be massive, but it's it's just, you know, it is a thank you every time you order. There is something personal in there. Yes, I could go and buy my stationery a lot cheaper in WH Smith, but I don't want to do that because I enjoy the quality of the stationery that they provide, but also the experience that I get. It's lovely. And it's lovely knowing that you support a B Corps and it's all sustainable yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean... Are we, are we basically saying it just comes down to the handwritten note? I'm not sure, but that for me really does make a big difference. Well, I think the point is it's about being recognised and seen mm. and cherished, isn't it? You know, this this is about really getting to know who your best clients are, what they value about you. I mean, this is all just amazing marketing fodder anyway but it's that intention isn't it of you not being part of a demographic yes but actually not part of an audience but actually a person yeah and so a handwritten note is definitely not the only way but it's quite a strong marker has there been anything else that you've had that's caught your eye or that I, so something really lovely the other day was I took the kids to a local pub, the Cock and Rabbit in Great Missenden, which has just been really recently refurbished um, by a friend of mine, actually. He's oh. put a car in and he's made all the furniture and he's painted it fabulously and he's got it all up and running. And it's still rough around the edges and work in progress, but they've yeah. got, the bar's beautiful. They've got it now. They've created this lovely atmosphere. And um, and he didn't know I was dropping in with the kids on Saturday, although he had said, oh, we've now, we're now doing food. You know, we've got a lovely cheese ball. We've got a lovely plowman's on. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a lunch stop for the kids. And we went in and, and Johnny wasn't around at the time. But the young chap behind the bar, he'd obviously seen me coming in. Yeah. Something to the young chap behind the bar. And the young guy who I hadn't met before, and he went, oh, hi, Ellie. Um, there's a gin and tonic on the house for you. Oh, from Johnny which yeah. yes it, you know it was a personal collection he's a really dear friend of mine but I see him working the bar and working the room and talking to the other punters and he creates that feeling yeah and one of the key pieces you know it's easy potentially for us because we're good friends but one of the key pieces that I see him doing a lot is he remembers personal anecdotes about 
the people that are coming in. That is a real skill, isn't it? He's worked in hospitality for years. Yeah. At the top of his game. Yeah. He hunters by name. I mean, he has a gargantuan ADHD brain, which enables mm-hmm. him to store all this stuff like an encyclopedia. But he uses it, and he uses it with genuine warmth and intention. Yeah. And that is the bit, because if yeah. you strategize about this stuff too much, if you make it too formulaic... And it becomes, as we said before, a tick boxing exercise. You lose all of the power of it. Mm, totally. Essentially, I think what we're all craving is a bit of humanity now. Yes. And, th- and I think that's why I'm saying make it personal. Go through your list one by one. Write, you know, write to people one by one if that's the right thing to do. Because, you know, we've got all the blunt tools and we're using those. But if you really want to make people feel cherished, it is remembering your kids names it's remembering your coffee order I mean it doesn't it doesn't really cost anything does it no no and it can be a rapport breaker when you don't remember some of those things as well so I mean sometimes I I wouldn't yeah I mean I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect someone in a cafe to remember my coffee order but it's a real thrill when they do and actually sometimes it's as simple as saying thank you isn't it so I had an email my uh, book distributors just changed hands and I've been having an email exchange with the new owner and she said to me we're really proud to have our, your books on our list Aww. I mean how nice is that that's lovely it's cost her nothing she's done no research you know as in she knows who I am it's not like she spent three hours researching yeah. me or my books but Something like that just goes a really long way. And if I think to hygiene factors, there's lots of situations where you don't feel like your business is valued. Yeah, and actually that's a good point because I think if we look in the wider context, um, you know, yes, you are a client of theirs, but I'm also thinking about creating a culture of this, a culture of cherishing in and around our business. So let's not reserve this just for our clients, mm. our partners, our collaborators, our suppliers, yeah. postie. Mm. I have a really good relationship in the post office when I go in and do yeah. deliveries now because some of the ones, the handwritten ones I do from home. And I think it's it's like giving cookies to the bin men at Christmas or whatever. Yeah. How can you just create the energy around your business mm. at every touch point that is people are valued here, people are cherished here, we actually care, we're interested in what matters to you. And I think part of cherishing, it's important to say, is genuinely, and I, I know we said this at the very beginning, but it's about asking for genuine feedback sometimes as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and taking the time to do that and to be prepared to really listen yeah feedback because giving people a voice I think is something we do so little in our culture Mm. really unless you're carving out your own voice and your own mouthpiece on social media to actually be asked your opinion is a real act of respect and cherish and I don't think we do enough of that actually yeah Yeah, I think you're right I think it takes real guts to ask for genuine feedback Yeah. yeah it does and you've got to be I think You've got to, we haven't got to be, but if you are confident in your process and your offering and you feel like you've done a great job, Mm. it's still scary. Yeah. 
And whereas if you're kind of hiding behind your hands thinking, oh, that is so great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think sometimes, and again, this is sort of slightly aside from cherishing, but if you're at a point in your business where you're feeling that things are slightly out of kilter or your mojo's mm. dipping a little bit and you, and you get a sense that you're not quite hitting the mark because, that, as we said, that first point of cherishing is delivering what you say yeah. you're going to deliver. Yes, it can be a very bold move, but it can also be quite a repairing move to go to clients that maybe you haven't had a great, or you feel like you're wondering what the experience mm-hmm. is like and saying, can you please tell me? I really value this. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have an opportunity to openly repair as well. If they're able to be honest with you and, and you have mucked it up for whatever reason or at whatever level, you do have an opportunity to repair that relationship then as well. But I, yeah, I do think there's a lot to be said for stealing yourself and using it as an opportunity to get back on track if you've lost your mojo Mm, yeah totally okay so before we wrap let's think about the impact you can make at the like we said you know the gift at the end or whatever so that you can make people feel really good about the journey they've been on or what has just been produced and this I think is particularly relevant for maybe service-based businesses that work over a long period of time. So I'm thinking about architects and interior designers who who manage a project that might take a year or 18 months Mm. or a designer who's invested six weeks in a branding project or Mm. whatever it is. How do you go out with a bang, particularly if you know that those people aren't going to be repeat clients for you? How do you leave them feeling really good? Yeah, I think that's so important because I think these projects, they can kind of fizzle out and everyone's a bit exhausted by the end (laughs) they they just want it done and wrapped up and I think you know with something like a big project you're not going to be looking for ongoing work Mm. for that person but leaving them with an amazing taste in their mouth leaving them feeling really thrilled Mm. that they picked you that what they've had created is everything that they wanted and more mm. is really important, isn't it? So again, that comes back to all of those foundations. So making sure you deliver what you say you will, when you say you will, communication, keeping that rapport the whole way through, which let's face it, can be a challenge, particularly on a very long and emotive project. Mm. Um, but then I think it's about wrapping that up in a way that thanks people for their business and and really reminds them of everything that you've done so I remember it's a slightly off topic but just bear with me so I remember when we finished our last house renovation and it was nowhere near as traumatic as this one but anyway it was finished we had poppy and then we started work on the garden Mm. and in about eight weeks, we transformed this muddy plot into the most beautiful haven. It was just stunning. And I wasn't working and we spent our whole time in that garden. And I took loads of photos through the season. And then I remember for Christmas, I made Pete a book yeah. of our garden and just journaled that whole story. Yeah. I don't think you realise everything you put into these things sometimes. So I think that could be a really lovely gift to present your client. 
And it's funny, as you were building up to before telling that story, I was scribbling in my notes, <laughs> completely off context, but the Christmas present you gave Pete after you yeah. finished is a perfect, it is a perfect example yeah. because it's when things take a long time, it's reminding people of the journey that they've had with you mm. and finding a way to make that visual, finding a way to tell that story. I mean, I did a similar thing with my partner this year. It wasn't in words, it wasn't in pictures, but I send in poems every so often. Yeah. Collected all of the poetry, and I've done this for the last two years, collected all oh. of the poetry that I've written in, into a printed book and gave That's it to him. so person. nice. And of course, his response is, oh my God, have you written me that much crap poetry? And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> he didn't say crap, but he was very t- <laughs> But it's the same thing because like, you you can forget that journey yeah, yeah exactly particularly like you say if everyone's exhausted at the end of something um it can just peter out yeah it could be something like a brand manual it could be i'm just thinking about an interior designer it might be the progress but also useful stuff in there like the paint schedule yeah. so what paint did we use in every single room because I picked all the paint in our house. I guarantee you within three weeks, I will have forgotten all of it. So having that stuff down, but not just in a PDF, not in something that's been um, wire bound, but actually something that's been really beautifully produced. Yeah. And Lisa Bradburn is an example of an interior designer who does that beautifully, you know, and I think she literally does that, gives them the paint charts, but in her way, it's beautifully presented and very tangible and a lovely thank you and sort of memorable piece for the whole company. Yeah, I can imagine. So it's kind of wrapping that up with something nice, asking for the feedback, I guess, isn't Mm. it? And also maybe it's just about sending an email or a handwritten note and a bar of chocolate. It's fundamentally about whatever you can do to make someone feel seen, heard, valued, and an opportunity to bring your creativity into it, to keep it personal, to raise the energy of your own business and the experience that your clients or your supporters have. Mm. I remember a project I did a few years ago before, while the kids were very little, when I wasn't doing so much in the business, was I started a project called the Little Reminder Project. Yeah. you remember this and I basically went out to my network and sort of network of network and people on Facebook and said people need to feel more loved and more cared for is this and a lot of people are going through a hard time is there someone you know that needs a little reminder uh, yeah. of how important they are and how lovely they are and how actually they can cope with life and it's all going to be well send me your recommendations send me a little bit about them and I'll put together, and they need to be within a five-mile radius of me, mm. and I'll put together a little reminder box for them. And so I had all these people coming in saying this, that, and the other. Anyway, there was one lady that had been recommended, and she was a dog owner, and she took in lots of stray dogs and cared for them. And she'd lost, I think, three dogs in a really short space of time. Oh, they were yeah. like a family, and it was her. And anyway, so part of the little reminder project was a page that I had on Facebook. So I put her story, a private page that people had said, I want in on this. So I put her story out there and I said, I want to deliver her box next week. Um, if anybody would like to contribute to her box, yeah, I'll be putting some stuff in, but let just get the stuff to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I was inundated. Aww. Beautiful cards, pieces of artwork, thoughtful pieces from people that nobody knew this lady. Nobody yeah. knew her. And... So I packaged it all up in a in a box, all sorts of things, and just wrote her a note saying, this is a little reminder that even though we don't know you, you're cared about, and you know, those things. Oh. 
and just put it on her doorstep. I didn't even meet this lady. Yeah. Uh, there was just a, the web, the Facebook page, I think, on one of the things. Anyway, she tracked me down, and she actually said, "I was suicide. I was I was so upset to the point of being suicidal." Oh my god. And I opened the door and I got this box. Wow. And I didn't, you know, obviously didn't see her reaction. She'd taken the time to track me down. But I think the point of that is you, I mean, that was quite a sort of a convoluted and a sort of much bigger thing than maybe than what we're talking about. But I don't think you realise, you often realise sometimes the impact that kindness can have. Yeah, and you're making me think, and it, you know, the magnitude of this is not as big, but do you remember those things? I remember we did a few of them at primary school or in some youth groups where you'd have a piece of paper taped or pinned to your back and people would write one nice thing about oh, you. Yeah. You know, and just actually, again, I'm thinking about branding projects that I've worked on this year where how lovely it would be if the client was maybe to receive a note saying, I really love this about your business or this about you as an entrepreneur, you know, just sort of recognising one thing that you yeah. really admire about that client or you really love about them. Again, it it doesn't have to cost a ton of money. I get that if you're in a product-based business, that's going to be different. But just that, again, it's going back to seeing them, isn't it? Yeah, I think what we need and effectively what we're calling for here is a radical revolution of appreciation. <laughs> yes, I like it. The subhead, there we go. <laughs> I think that probably wraps us up, does it, lovely? I think it does. So I think the key things are everything is about intention. So this absolutely is part of your marketing and this will have an effect on your bottom line. But really the intention right now is cherishing, recognising, saying thank you, really making your clients feel seen heard appreciated valued isn't it absolutely and enjoy yeah we can't wait to hear how you get on thank you so much for tuning in to style and substance we really hope you've enjoyed the show you can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.